Welcome to Atomic Heart. I'm Adam Alicia, speaking to you from my studio in Shekip May on the Kowloon side of Hong Kong. This is where I take a slow dive into the depths of my writerly anxiety. And lately, I feel a bit of anxiety when it comes to reading as well. It's nothing new. I always have the feeling that I don't read enough. I did a reading inventory a while ago, and I came to the realization that the number of books I read while I was in my 20s are at least twice as many as the books I've read since turning 30. I remember when I was going through a difficult breakup in my mid 30s. I made an effort to read more as a way to keep my mind away from the relationship that wasn't working. I remember picking up Kundera, Marquez, classic novels, and even some local Hong Kong writers as well. I was really into fiction at the time, and I was basically turning to reading as a way to move forward. I don't know if I'll consciously put myself into an intensive feast of books the same way I did back then. All I know is I want to dedicate just a little bit more time to reading, at least spend a little more time with the books on my shelf, books that are still waiting to be finished. I am a very slow reader, really slow. I'm also a slow writer, a slow speaker, a slow walker, and that's my choice. And I'm learning to be at peace with the fact that this is the way I am. I'm also learning to appreciate my own ability to really slow things down. <laughs> So there I was on the top bunk. I raised my foot to touch the ceiling. I was supposed to be reading, but it was hard when there were so many books to choose from. The spines of paperbacks and hardcovers lined up on either side of me. Who needed a blanket when I was swimming in the scent of pulp? The bunk bed was designed as a bookshelf. And there were a few more bed spaces around me, more bunk beds slash bookshelves, and even more books, all around us, I should say. 
She wanted to spend a night at the bookshop slash overnight hostel, and I was fine with it. I actually wanted to check out the place myself. I knew the bed spaces wouldn't be big enough for us to sleep together, and I was fine with that too. I was also okay to know she still had her light on, that she wasn't asleep yet. She had taken up a lower bunk on the bed next to mine. Because I was lying down and sandwiched by rows of books, I couldn't see her. All I saw was her light and the occasional movement of a shadow that I had to assume was hers. There was also the soft humming of the aircon and the sporadic flipping of a page, which also sounded like her. There were others occupying other beds, but I couldn't see their light. I had to assume they were reading something. I mean, who wouldn't? On this rare chance of sleeping with books, being surrounded by them while slumbering. One would at least be flipping pages, I thought to myself, but there I was, lying down, weighed down by the sheer number of books I'd never be able to finish, not to mention those I'd never write. I might as well be buried by the pages, I thought. I once tried to articulate this to her, this struggle of mine. This complex relationship I had with books and bookstores. I wondered if she was concerned at all, that I was quiet and in the dark, somewhere near the ceiling, swallowed by books, perhaps, overwhelmed by knowing that so many lines and paragraphs had been painstakingly crafted by so many others who were now hovering around me with eyes a bit less than kind. I doubted that she cared. She was so focused on her book. I was pretty focused too. It had been a long while since I spotted any trace of a shifting shadow. Had she fallen asleep with the light on, I wondered. I would have sat up to take a peek, if not for this unbearable weight on my chest. In the dream, I was watching a stage drama inspired by the real-life tragedy of a local bookseller who died after a bookshelf fell on him. The play was made of books. All the props were books. The whole set, including the big table in the center of the stage, composed of piles and piles of books. The seats for the audience were also made of books. Yes, I was sitting on a stack of books. And if I were to get up and walk around, I'd be stepping on pulp, as soft as carpet. What I remember most about the dream was this guy I met after the show. He said he was the producer of the show. He handed me a business card. On one side was his name and contact information. On the other side, splashes of color. An abstract painting of sorts. 
So you're a painter too, I said, in the dream. He said no, rather bluntly, as if to remind me that he was the producer and that I ought to keep that in mind. When I was stirred out of my sleep, I saw, as reflected on the ceiling, that her reading light was still on. The first thing I did was sit up and take a look. She wasn't there. Well, I wasn't sure. The strange thing was, her reading light went out the moment I sat up. The room was dark. But I was able to trace the contour of the beds and bookshelves from the streetlights coming in through the window. Katie? I wanted to call out, but I held back in the fear of waking up others. Then I heard the toilet flush from outside the room, where white lights flooded the narrow edges between the closed door and its frame, I saw clues of a person returning to our room. A fellow guest of the hostel, most likely. It wouldn't be Katie. I was sure of that. And I was right. The way I was sitting up and exposed, he probably saw me very clearly. He had to duck a little in order to come in, one shoulder after the other. I could have used the white lights to take a quick look at Katie, but I missed it. He closed the door pretty fast and was moving incredibly quietly for a big man. This is the part where I read you a nice poem I've recently come across, something that I think goes well with what I've presented to you so far. This piece is called Under the Covers by Olivia Lee, published in the April 22 issue of Glass Poetry. Sylvia Plath writes of a sensuous bliss in lying beneath the covers alone, and tonight I try it for myself. The sheets are cold, stiff from the laundry, with the fresh, drying scent of soap powder and the crinkling of folding fabric. Lying beneath this makeshift tent, I am reminded not of pressed lavender and sonnet books, but the body of an enormous stinking eel trussed up in butcher paper. Feeling everything, the suspension of negative space above your hip bones, the hyperbolic rise and floating fall of the linens on your chest when you breathe. A bit of imagination permits a set of hands the way Plath daydreams, lifting or caressing or cradling. 
except she had lovers, and I am distracted. When I think of the romance in fingers, I can only imagine for myself a pair of giant, manly butcher's hands pressing into the softness of my insides with a hot, gouging thumb. The sound of a cleaver laid on ice. Hi, this is Pat Torpy. Hello, this is Eric Martin. My name is Billy Sheehan, and we are Mr. Big. You're listening to us right here on Atomic Heart. Okay, that's about all I have to share from Room 81 of Atomic Heart. Just now, I read you the poem "Under the Covers" by Olivia Lee. I picked that poem because it's got that longing. That sensual intensity that I was trying to paint with my own words, and I was particularly intrigued by the line that mentioned the suspension of negative space above the hip bones. How amazing that we can retain our spatial references even in the heat of the moment. From the random frames that started the show, here are some of the questions I want to leave you with. Are you hard on yourself when it comes to reading? How often do you have the feeling that most people are more well-read than you are? Is looking out the window all day an act of reading? What about reading people on the subway? Is that similar? To the reading of books, and is there even a tiny trace of anxiety in you when you're standing inside a bookstore? What's the root of that anxiety, and how much of it is similar to mine? If anything resonated here, and you want to tell me about it, the next best thing to sending a letter is to write me an email. The address is Adam A T O M at Atomic Heart dot F M. My Instagram handle is also Atomic Heart dot F M. Thank you so much for listening to me. I'm Adam Alicia. Till next time, remember to keep it real and stay true to yourself. Bye now. <laughs>